Yo, what's good, guys? It's Chris. I know it seems like we've been giving intro messages for every episode lately. We promise that's not the case. It unfortunately is a sign of the times. Gio and Darius couldn't be a part of the in-person episode of Tuesday's Playbook this week because it is the fourth day of lockdowns and curfew here in the city of Philadelphia at the time of recording. We couldn't leave our homes respectively. We apologize profusely for any popping, banging, sirens, noise in the background, my weird nasal passages with my allergies. Listen, we're doing all that we can with the devices at our disposal to give you guys that dope shit. But some things, as you all know, are completely out of our control. That being said, to everyone protesting, please, 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 please be safe. We have to catch this podcast believing all that you guys are doing wholeheartedly and we support you in that. But we don't need another example. Yeah, we got plenty. Enjoy this week's episode of Tuesday's Playbook. And remember, if you're going to curse, curse responsibly. So catch this, Chris. I'm your host, Chris Jackson. It is Tuesday, June 2nd. So you already know the vibes. It's Tuesday's playbook. I am on Zoom. We uh we zooming it right now. Philadelphia is on is on curfew. So the boy Gio is with me on the other side of Philly. Gio say what's good to the people. Yo, yo, what's up, people? What's up? Yo, man, we are we are here to give you give you that content. Give you what you need. It's going to get the air yes, horn. We yes, here. Sir. We are here. Give a little applause as well. Yeah, we back. We back. Um, yeah, you know, got to give it to the people. Um, before we start, I just want to give a quick uh, shout out to everybody that's out protesting um, all across the country. Please, 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 please be safe. Um, you know, we got our event session off yesterday. Um, or Sunday, rather, I'm sorry, on Sunday, rather, but, you know, we're back to hopefully having cooler heads per being prevailed. So, you know, if you if you're out protesting in the Philly area, D.C., everywhere, man, if you if you're out protesting, just please, please be safe from the Catch This podcast. So on Tuesdays, we normally do a little check in. So, Gio, how you feeling, man? Can't even put it into words for real, but it's just all that's happening right now. You just want it to end. So that's the feeling just. Need relief. Try to get back to some some normalcy, just some stability right now, because everything is just unstable economically, everywhere. Just trying to get back. Let's get back normal. You know what I'm saying? Let's get back normal. Yeah, for sure, for sure. How how you feeling? Um, you know, I'm a little better now that I got the vent session out. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to give a give a quick shout out to the co-host Darius. He uh, you know, still. Is a little under with everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. We wish him the best. You know what I'm saying? My heart goes out to everything that's going on with him in Hagerstown. Uh, we miss you, bro. We can't wait to get you back on the pod. Yes, so. sir. But yeah, you know, I'm I'm doing a little better, trying to be a little more uh, constructive. You know, my mom, after Sunday's episode, she was like, you were cursing too much. You, you know, you were <laughs> so upset. So, you know, I, I'm, but I'm back. I'm back to being a little more even, a little more cute. I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm I'm real. I want it to be light. You know what I'm saying? I want to get back to the lighter content, you yeah. know, laughing and all of that. So mm-hmm. um I'm happy to be doing Tuesday's playbook. So but yeah, I appreciate you asking. I appreciate you asking. You want you want to get right into it? Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. So uh the first topic of this wonderful Tuesday afternoon, Jordan statement. You know, we talked on Tuesday's playbook before about the last dance documentary, you know, Jordan's impact how he wanted to maintain a level of status quo, quote unquote, as a player, you know what I'm saying? Republicans buy shoes and all of that. And he released a statement. The quote read, I'm deeply saddened, truly pained, and plain angry. I stand with those who are calling out the ingrained racism and violence toward people of color in our country. We have had enough, end quote. So normally taking a backseat approach with everything that's going on, in the communities, he released a mm-hmm. statement right now. So, Gio, man, how you how you feel about Jordan's statement? 
I mean, like, it gets to it gets to a point, bro, where like it doesn't matter if you're that reserved person. Everybody has their way of speaking out. Some people will go to protests. Some people use their platform to speak out. So for me, he's using his platform how he should be using it because at the end of the day, he's somebody that's famous. He has influence. This whole movement is to create influence to make change. So if he can be speaking up about it, then who knows who will catch on to that. And you know he has friends that's in powerful places. You know, they can advocate too. So that's the whole thing. So I'm kind of glad he did it. Now, a lot of people are going to, Think back to back in the nineties when he didn't endorse the right, right. the man that was running. Right, right. And they're gonna be like, Oh, he's just doing it now because it's a cool thing. It doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is every voice is necessary, both big, both both big and small. So him using that, I mean, I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, he's stepping up finally, even if it's how many years later, at least he's doing it now. He's come to that realization. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you. I would say at this point, mm-hmm. any voice is better than no voice. Exactly. So I, I think initially when I read it, I was like, oh, damn, like Jordan's coming and speaking out like now, like, you know, with this situation. But mm-hmm. not to say that he hasn't with others. You know, I want to make that exceedingly clear. Like, I'm not harping on the fact that Jordan is saying something like he never has. I think when I heard it initially, I had to think about like my own like experience and my own growth and the perception of what it means to to truly do that, to truly grow. I've grown in the past two days, right? I looked at the episode that we did for Sundays for Men and I was, you know, passionate, if I, for lack of a better term. Um, I was really passionate. And uh, in that passion, I can see how through some listeners or through some outlets or through some people that the message may be lost through that level mm-hmm. of unbridled passion. Um, the same thing with Jordan. I think that with Jordan's message, cause it could it rather be diluted because he is now speaking up late or later than he normally has, you know, let's say 20 years, right? 20 years has gone by mm-hmm. since that whole situation with the 90s and then him saying after World Republicans buy my shoes too. I think that the message could get lost in that to some people, but if I'm looking at it holistically and looking at the purpose of what he said. It is to advocate and produce a conversation and shed light with a voice as powerful as his. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that Jordan, for better or worse, is going to be who he is like anyone else. Nobody's perfect. And exactly. I am appreciative of him making sure that he said something and and said mm-hmm. something that was racially charged. Right. Like. Yeah, You know, it wasn't objective or not objective, but it wasn't um, left-leaning, right-leaning. It, it was very much in the middle. Like, hey, listen, man, people of color are experiencing these injustices that have been spanning, you mm-hmm. know, millennia, right? So more than a millennia. So we have to make sure that we highlight that and then really show through this instance and more to come, unfortunately, how we grow and how we change. So. Um, I think that's where we stand on, or where I stand yeah. on the Jordan. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Jordan. Nah, I can see that. I agree with that. I can see that. Segwaying from the Jordan stance, right? And how we feel about that. So how, at this point, with all of the pundits and all of the, again, media outlets, all of the uh, hot takes about Colin Kaepernick those years ago, uh, kneeling, for police brutality against people of color and communities of color. How y'all feeling now? Bro, like, honestly, if they had just listened to Kat <laughs> from the first moment, like, we would not be talking about this right now, bro. Yeah, like, how, like, how do y'all feel, you know? And the, and the crazy thing is, too, like, some of the same people that even, what was it? I think it was EA Sports. Like, they were some of the, like, they wouldn't say his name in the game. Now they're talking out about him. Oh, we support this and that. Where was that support before? Like, he did it in a peaceful way. The pot did not need to boil over. They waited till it boiled over. Right. Now they're saying, oh, be peaceful. We were being peaceful. So Right, right. If they had listened to him, bro, we would absolutely not be having this conversation right now. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's kind of crazy looking back now from the time the whole you know, really peaceful protest started. Mm -hmm. It it was very peaceful. It was very much, you know, hey, I am going to take 
a very small stance. Like, I don't think that the stance that he was creating was a, a ripple effect by any means in terms of the impact that it was having to the NFL or the impact that it was having on the national anthem ceremony. I think it was very much a, like you said, a very small, peaceful demonstration mm-hmm. of how people of marginalization, right, are treated by the police in their communities. Yeah. So he takes a knee and then people morph it to something that the or a narrative that isn't even the case with the national anthem, with uh, military uh, veterans, with people who are serving. Cap had military people saying that, saying, nah, this mm-hmm. this has nothing to do with anything. The dude's just taking a knee during this thing. Uh, he wasn't expecting for it to get so much traction. He was, you know, he wasn't Mm-mm. he wasn't expected to have that happen. And so um, really quick, I got notices coming up on my computer while we're recording about tear gas being crowd or being fired at crowds near the White House back home man please 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 man if y'all hear this later tomorrow you know before y'all go out and protest today where whenever y'all hear this man please be safe i'm getting yeah, flashes of mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff trump orders heavily armed soldiers to dc threaten to deploy them nationwide like man y'all i the movement is powerful and it's necessary i i want that to resonate because it is very true to where I stand and where we stand here mm-hmm. at the Catch This Podcast. But we don't need anybody else getting killed. At all. That's no that's not hashtags. what we need. We don't we don't need any other examples. Like we, we're trying to we limit those. So we have plenty. So please, 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 everybody, just just wisely, just do it wisely, please. But yeah, you know, even with that being said, like with the cap thing, you know, where where would we be? <laughs> right? Like where would we be in twenty yeah. twenty had the public just my mom talks about acceptance, right? Like how important acceptance is. You don't, when you hear the thing, the thing may not sound like you like it. It may not sound Mm -hmm. like something that you need in the moment. But at the same time, if you just hear it and accept it, think on it, come back to it later, you're probably going to give it a better response than subjectively whatever you're feeling in that moment, right? It's probably not the best feeling in the world in that moment subjectively. Mm -hmm. A lot of people out here were subjective with Colin Kaepernick, right? A lot of these sports analysts, a lot of these people who were given hot takes, scorching hot takes, right? Let me give them the golf clap. Scorching hot takes. Yo, y'all were out here giving scorching hot takes, saying that it was bigger than Cap, right? That this issue was now going into a space that wasn't even reality. Like, let's be real. Like, it wasn't even reality. It had nothing to do with anything other than what is going on in the country right now. Where will we be, sports pundits? Where will we be, people with higher platforms than mine? Where where would we be? Where would the country be? Where would sports be? It's just, it's crazy to me, Gio, to, to even rationalize it right now. Like, this dude, years ago. We're saying, hey, you lost his career. He put everything on the line just to warn them, like, look, there are people living in this country who are not treated fairly. He had a platform such as the NFL, big multi-million dollar corporation. He risked all he had to bring the attention to the injustices that black people are facing in this country. Right. Now... Here's what happens. Now, you fail to listen to that. He gets ridiculed, bashed, literally torn apart, as you said, to the point where he lost his job. Right. Now now that he was being peaceful and that happened to him, it gets to a point where you just sit back and wonder. And you're like, look at look at him being peaceful. Look, look at him right. taking the right, right approach. Right, right. And that happening to him. So... He did the right thing, and you get ridiculed for doing the right thing. So what what happens after that? I think it brings up a good conversation about why people... I was was listening this morning to First Take, and Stephen A. was saying, how come people are so afraid of taking some stance of ownership, not necessarily to your behavior, but to the behavior that surrounds you? 
with people who are silent, with people who are complicit with their with the narratives that are going on that surround them. Maybe it's not them, right? Maybe it's mm-hmm. not them who believe in the in the narratives that are perpetuated, right, by people who look like them. Why are you all so afraid and so resistant? And I'm asking questions I already know the answer to. But why are you guys so resistant to this idea of true acknowledgement to things that are a reality? Even in sports, right? This is Tuesday's playbook. We, you know, we want it to be light and we want it to be funny. It just, it's the reality of the thing. The reality of the thing is that in society, there are levels of injustices that happen to people of black and brown skin complexion, period. Black and brown people, black and brown people, there are injustices that ravish our communities because the systems were built that way. So if I'm looking at Kaepernick when he was taking a knee, instead of being so resistant, right, or projecting the issue onto something that is not reality, it goes back again to the acceptance thing. Well, maybe I have to sit back. Well, maybe well, maybe I have to consider that there may be bigger things at play than me. Things that my p- friends, my family... My associates, my work friends, right, talk about in a joking manner or maybe even in a, in a serious manner. Maybe those things are reality. Maybe those things are real. Maybe I do have to look at this movement, this, this again, phase of life that's happening right now in a, in a deeper way, in a more accepting way. And I think that we would be in a much different space if... We took it seriously like that. Literally. Just acknowledge the pain that we're going through. That's literally why what's happening right now is happening. Fix the system that's broken. Listen to the people who have influence. They know what they they know what, what needs to happen. They're trying to use their platform to create change. And athletes, and, and athletes are. And athletes are. Athletes are. Athletes are. Different people have spoken up. Uh, Tom Brady, very surprisingly, I heard today, um, posted. Oh, I, I didn't even know that. Wow. Yeah, bro, posted posted an Instagram. Yo, let's give Tom Brady. The, wow. Let's give Tom Brady the golf clap. <laughs> um, you know, posted <laughs> something on his Instagram. Hey, let, I, you know, little surprise, but I guess I guess Tom Brady can get it can get an air horn. Like I was I was a little surprised, a little surprised. You know, even even Tom Brady. I was hearing some other quotes from. I don't know if you're familiar with Malcolm Brogdon. He's the starting point guard yeah, for, yeah, for the Indiana Pacers. And he was saying today, you know, listen, this is this is a everybody thing. You know, people with yeah. higher platforms, people with voices have to be very open and honest about the situation that is happening at hand right now in this country. And if we are going to use sports as a vehicle to do that, then, I mean, that's where we are. I'm going to use my platform. He, he was like, if I was a regular person, if I wasn't playing for the Indiana Pacers, if I wasn't an NBA player that makes millions of dollars, I wouldn't have this platform, right? Mm-hmm. He, he, that's, he was very frank with that. I would not have this platform if I were not a NBA player. And so, you know, looking at it through the lens of him today, listening to him, I just thought it was fascinating. I thought it was fascinating to hear that he was so blunt and open about where he stood as a man of color in a league that very much shows support to that. You know what I mean? And it was it was interesting. It was, it was really interesting to hear. It was really interesting to see. So shouts to shouts to Malcolm Brogdon, man. Like, you know, we we appreciate you. You know, we appreciate mm-hmm. you. And it was it was really, really, really thrilling to see. Going back to the point on Kaepernick, I want to quickly segue, Gio. So let's say let's say football comes back, right? Speaking of Cap, yeah. Let's say football comes back. Did you hear about Deshaun Jackson? You know, player for the Philadelphia Eagles. What he said about players being mic'd up if fans can't come. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I, I heard that, bro. Like he he got to be joking though, because <laughs> I mean, just just think about it. Think about it, right? Like sometimes you just get to hear like the little sideline mic. Yeah, just a, just a little bit. <laughs> You're right. Just the crazy stuff that you hear, and now he wants them to wear mics, bro. 
First of all, they would have beeps all. You wouldn't even hear anything because you know how they cuss. <laughs> you know how they cuss, bro. So you it is definitely even, not cursing it, responsibly. It on HBO or something. It would not. It couldn't be a, a game at that point. With with the uh-uh. games, no. On a, on a on a joking level, would the games be like rated TVMA? Like, could you That's imagine like NFL football like on Fox? Like, like, like TVMA. Like, your discretion is advised, type stuff. bro. Mature, mature audiences only. That would not even work for a minute. Like the amount of games that they're gonna file within the first minute of that game, bro. <laughs> I, I think that, so it was saying, I'm, I'm reading on uh, CBSSports.com, Deshaun Jackson has an idea that could ensure folks watching from home are still as entertained as they ever would be. There have been rumors teams would consider piping in fake crowd noise, but the Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver floated a much more intriguing idea on teammate Lane Johnson's Outside the Lane YouTube series, wondering if the NFL would be open to attaching a microphone to every player. Quote, it's going to get crazy without fans. I think they should mic up players. I think they should give fans insight to see what really goes on in between the white lines. It gets crazy. I know in the trenches it gets crazy, and I know on the outside it gets crazy too. The conversations we have going back and forth, end quote. Yo, Deshaun. They can't even handle police brutality. <laughs> you think that you think that they yeah. finna, you know what I'm saying? And word this, and word that. They're you not know, ready for that. I'ma f up you and everybody you stand with. Who was your coach? Who your cousin? Your brother? You know like, all you, of that. You know how it gets when you play sports. <laughs> you know what? You know what's gonna happen. Like, <laughs> Yo. You're gonna hear stuff. You're just gonna look like, "Yo, he just said that." Yo, what's the Gio, Gio, real quick? What's the craziest thing somebody ever said to you, like in a sports competition? I can't even repeat it. <laughs> give me, give me that, give me the roundabout. Give me like the, give me the, uh, the, the PG rated version. <laughs> Man, talking about dunking on me with you know, I'm, we're in high school. First of all, we couldn't even dunk, bro. <laughs> so he's, we couldn't he even he was, dunk. He, was he said he was gonna dunk and he couldn't dunk. Right? He couldn't even dunk, and like you know, he just made it very graphic. I'm like, bro, is this a game, family? Like, he was just heated. <laughs> no, I was I was low key nice in high school, you know. What I'm saying. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. catch me, catch me in gym three. Do we play in high school? Hey, <laughs> gotta get those gloves. I was on the team though, but I was still nice. You know, ask about me. Hey, listen, I uh, I had I had talent in different sports. Basketball, I was never the football player or the lacrosse mm-hmm. player that I was. But I can remember, oh man, I can remember so playing lacrosse. Now, this conversation is going to be a little racially charged for the listeners. I'm not saying it um, in a egregious or nefarious way. I'm just saying, well, you know, what happens in between the lines? Deshaun Jackson just made it very clear for y'all. I was, <laughs> I was playing against some attackmen. Now, the attackman, I don't remember if he said it to me or if he was talking to the other players. So in lacrosse, for those who don't follow or who don't play, there are three levels to the game. So attack, midfield, and defense. The attackmen go against the defensemen. Uh, the midfielders kind of go back and forth to the midfielders. So there are offensive midfielders and then defensive midfielders. We following, Gio? You get it? Yeah, I got you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with the attackman, one of the attackmen that I was playing against I don't know if it was from, I don't know if it was to me, because I would have took it real serious, you know what I mean? Like, it would have been a real issue. But I remember a situation where he was with the mouth guard kind of like off his face. Like, you know how Steph Curry, when he got the mouth guard in his mouth, he kind of like has it like half cocked. Mm -hmm. So he had the mouth guard kind of hanging out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had that. He was the the white Steph Curry, you know what I'm saying? He had the the mouthpiece kind of out to the left. I had the real shaggy mullet, you know what I'm saying? That was the thing back in the 2010s. Every lacrosse player had a, like, big mullet, right? All the white dudes had, like, mullets. So he had the mullet with the hair coming down out the side, out the back, right? And so I, I think he was going up against one of my mans. He said to my mans when he had the ball, he was talking, like, like in mid-move, Gio. Like, it was crazy. He would say, like, oh, you know I'm a... Yeah, see, I was about to curse, right? I was about to curse, you know. <laughs> he was like, you know, I'm going to F your mom, right? And so the the dude, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so the dude, so the dude, you know what I'm saying, playing defense, he was like, huh? 
And then the attack man, he would make a little move, and then he would go, boom, zoom. He had, Gio, he had five goals and, like, seven assists. He torched us. But it was the idea of, like, hey, yo, oh, that's your sister over there? And it's like, we would be like, wait, what? <laughs> what? That, I mean, yeah, it is. But, like, he was, he was going crazy. But it's the... And I think Deshaun Jackson was touching on that. It's the the psychological warfare, right? It's the mm-hmm. it's the yo. I'm trying to get in your brain with this to really throw you off. This, you know, this yeah. isn't just a game to me. I'm really trying to get into your psyche, get into what you feel, what you think. Um, and that it was crazy. It was crazy. Like the dude was really talking about like like having relations with players' moms and stuff, sisters, cousins. Yo, he whatever he had and, to and say. That's- to throw you off. Go ahead. My bad. No, and that's what I'm saying, bro. Like, we, I don't think some people are ready for the kind of stuff that they would potentially hear. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you got people that look up to, to these guys. You're going to hear some crazy stuff that makes you look at all of them differently. Yeah. I, so I mean, I, I can't It's imagine. a good idea in theory, but not, not <laughs> a practical idea. <laughs> yeah. Just not at all. Even, even looking at, like, some of the some of the people that like had commented, right? CBS Sports is saying that several players have already weighed in publicly on the subject. Not all of them are on the same page. Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings recently threw or drew the ire of fans, later walking back his comments about how an empty stadium would be refreshing or a breath of fresh air. So you got some players saying like, nah, we don't even really want the fans. You know what I'm saying? And then I guess he got chastised for it and was like, oh, no, 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 I got to chill. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you got so you got some dudes saying, nah, I'm, I'm cool. Right. And then you got other yeah. dudes saying or with the fandom, then you got other dudes saying, well, nah, Deshaun, like we want the fans back. But if the fans can't be back, well, let me give y'all some real insight. Man, the NFL mm. would lose broadcasting rights. Are you serious? Would- All the money that they would lose? The, the sheer volume of inwards. <laughs> like the sheer volume of mom cracks, of wife cracks, of oh my gosh, probably homosexuality. Like nothing just, would be yeah. no subject or topic. Nothing sacred. <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all would be sacred. So I'm gonna give Deshaun a little air horn, but uh, I think that it's gonna be a no, Deshaun. Great idea. Yeah. Won't work. Yeah. I don't I don't know if we're going if we're gonna get that Deshaun. <laughs> but I mean, you know, to me, bro, that that just, that just shows me that yo, he's really out here trying to think of something, trying to get this back together. So, you know, what I mean, I, I I give him props for that. Yeah, trying and to I, find a solution. As a former as a former Eagles fandom, you know what I'm saying? I've renounced my fandom when I started doing the potting when I went to college and stuff. I wanted to be able to give an objective look about the things that I see. Um, but as a former Eagles fan, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, I could rock, I could rock with the the premise. I just think that yeah. the idea, if it were to be put into fruition, will have much more of a catastrophic impact mm-hmm. you know, on a lot the of psych- lawsuits. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of lawsuits. Man. I can just sit here right now just hearing this. Just, just going off this madness. Hashtag hashtag lawsuits for the NFL. Oh man, that nah, that would be crazy. <laughs> that would be crazy. I saw that. I was like, yo, that has to be a topic this week. Like, mm-hmm. like Deshaun talking about, oh yeah, let's let's give mics to every player. Like, yo, are you serious? Just just even Probably. imagine, yo, just even imagine, not even on like a like on a crazy level, right? On a on a like a competitive level, but just imagine like coaches. Like on a on a coach level, like what coaches oh. be saying to these dudes, and they grown men getting paid. Like, could you imagine grown bro? Like, <laughs> I, I've heard like like whenever they do like the NFL film specials and all that, and they you know they have some of the players some of the players mic'd up, and some of the stuff you hear, bro. I'm like, yo, I don't know if I could take that <laughs> at all, bro. And you it's saying like, that as a dude. And you right? you saying that as a like a like a man like nah I'm I'm cool <laughs> like, nah coach like what's up? I'm here to work but man don't talk to me like that <laughs> right right Probably. like I'm, my man's and them gotta pull up now bro. Like, <laughs> yo yo calling calling your man's on your coach is wild <laughs> nah. bro 
Nah, G, call it, call it, yo, nah, call it, like, coach nah, on your man. Right there, bro, hold him. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> Talking to me crazy in practice, like, hey, I'm gonna, yo, hey. miss a couple passes. I, I'll get him back. <laughs> Wildin', coach. No, that's hey yo, that's crazy. Trying to call your coach, trying to call your man's or your coach. Could you imagine like after practice, like you got that, you got the four door blacked out SUV. <laughs> pull up, right? coach, come out the locker room. Hey, yo. Pull up, like yo, where coach at? <laughs> looking for. Roll down the window, like hey, 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 coach. I'm gonna just have a quick conversation about that comment after practice. <laughs> nah. Like, that's wild. <laughs> That's wild, man. Shout out, shout outs to the NFL, man. Thank they're gonna get it together. Um but yeah. speaking of major sports leagues, you wanna real quick touch on we talked about the MLB last week. You wanna real quick look at the issues. I, do we need sports this bad? Like for real. I don't, like do 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 we need sports? <laughs> like, I don't think like I, I thought they would have been happy to like take a break, but you know, since they're not making money, they're not happy. But I mean, I feel like the leagues have enough money where they can sustain themselves, sustain the people that work for them for at least this short period of time. Jill, you know how much money they got? We figured out. <laughs> we talk about like hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Cause now now I really gotta give like the come on, bro. You know how much money they have? If in all seriousness, right? You wanted to bring the league back for whatever reason. So, Gio, you touched on the point about the the money to be able to just forego the season, right? Let's just forego profits. It, you know, ri- the rich want to get richer, though, Gio. We see that with what's going on in the yeah. country right now. So, so no one's gonna do that, right? Like, no one's gonna just forego billions of dollars. But, 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 Not at all. let's say they do. We still are in the situation that we talked about last week regular people can't get tests b mm, regular people still bro, can't they, get tested they for even COVID. Some of the, they even closed some of the, the um the testing places in philly today so you see like it's not as available but it's still going but you're you would, but you're still it's still going on right like if i'm not mistaken like, are, are, going on. Yeah, you know, your is. brother's a doctor in New York. Like, you, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, if people still yeah. can't get tests, right, then how are how are we looking to push this? And so the MLB is talking about, <clears throat> and I'm going to pull up the article, the MLB is talking about, well, we have, you know, other issues that are going on that's a little bigger than, you know, than just than just the COVID, it's it's like the money. It's the money being involved with it, right? It's the it's bringing back this league that is already on a downturn in terms of public opinion. People don't even watch baseball like they used to. They don't have the same nostalgic feelings about the sport. NFL and the NBA, I think, have definitely climbed over their league. And now they're trying to push. I would, I would agree. Yeah, now they're trying to. And it's that's the opinion. That's my opinion. I'm not saying that's fact. I'm, you know, that's my opinion. But now they're saying that it literally gets more complicated, <clears throat> excuse me, bringing back the league every day. First, it was the health worries they're talking about. So I'm reading on ESPN, the ESPN app right now. First, it was the health problems. Now it's the passage of time when it comes to the business and the economic strife that the, the MLB Players Association and the owners are going back and forth about, right? In terms of the collective bargaining agreement. Yo, then they're talking about the calendar. So trying to fit 115 games. Yo, wait, who needs 115 games, MLB? You know what I'm saying? For, for, first of all, that's <laughs> why, that's why nobody watches baseball because the season's already like almost a year long, man. Like yeah, the seventy some games was so seventy two, seventy two, seventy three games, whatever. The seventy games in the NBA too long. Let alone hundred and fifteen. Yeah, they, they, they too long, bro. It's down for eighty two. That's why they rest the players so much. Yeah, I said seventy games, eighty two games, exactly. Yeah. Like you, what? It's too long of a season. You trying to fit so many games. Mm-hmm into the structure of something that already is off of schedule. So so you got the so we already talked about the health concerns, then they're talking about the economic structure, you know, about how the NHL and the NBA already completed a lot of their regular season games before the shutdown, right? So how they could go into a playoff structure, but because the salary cap is the way that it is for the MLB. They got to try to fit all 115 games in there. Because, because and Gio, I think you made the point a couple, or last episode, people want to get paid. 
Like these players want to yeah. get paid. Like they not. Nah, we not about to miss checks for y'all owners. Y'all not about to just get rich off of us bringing us back for 115 games or whether it's 60 games or whatever. The collective bargaining agreement says that we get paid every time we step on the field. So if we got to step on the field for 115 times, owners, we don't care how much time y'all going to lose. We're going to get these 115, which mm-hmm. I which I understand. But again, do we need sports this bad? MLB players, do y'all do y'all need the money this bad? Owners, do y'all need the money this bad? It gets more, they just say in the article, it gets more complicated every day. Nature of league competition, how they can do the minor league system and the farming system while all of this is going on. Man, y'all league is too complicated, G. There's way too many factors. Yeah. For something that people don't even really care about. Right, right. Bro, I would have been using this time to, um, to try to see how it would work with having less games like they're doing this all wrong like right use this time use your current situation to figure out oh what is the best approach you're still trying to do it like there's not stuff happening right now and i think that's where they're falling short like look remember, remember when the when the nba they had um the lockout right they right, didn't right. play all the games that year and right. they made the they made the adjustments right mlb just have to realize look right now too much is happening right let's work with what we have Let's try to make the best out of what we have. You're not always going to get what you want in life. And they're just pushing that to also make the money and all that extra stuff. Just see what's happening. Just recognize that and just work with it. That's what's wrong with them right now. And that's why they're probably going to end up losing. Viewership is already going to go down because it's too long. Right. Use your situation and make the best of it. So with that being said, I'm going to try to put on my, you know, Hockaday LOC hat. You know, nothing replaces. <laughs> Shout out to Darius. Nothing replaces Darius, but I'm I'm gonna try to put the hat on here. So one of the factors that it's talking about in this article is extremely long. It, it, you know, go to the ESPN app, uh, ESPN.com, and read the article if you want. It, it's quite lengthy, but because because the situation is so complicated, because the MLB is so freaking complicated, right? Like it's it's all interconnected. Like you guys have a very outdated and complicated league which which is so crazy i'm gonna drop a gem geo which is so crazy because the mlb was one of the leaders in technology for professional sports they were they were like the leader like they're like the leader like when when technology started to really be a thing in in terms of like tv in terms of like marketing Mm -hmm. in terms of like those deals the mlb really led the way in that like they led the way so the fact that they're so archaic and they're thinking about how to solve these levels of issues is it's not surprising. Well, it's surprising to me in certain respects, but then again, the MLB really in baseball prides itself on nostalgia. And so, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to have those. Well, that, that makes sense as to why they're still trying to have the season then. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So with the, you know, Hockaday LLC kind of had Darius, shout outs to you. The sources of Darius, man. Miss you, bro. We miss you, G. The sources of revenue. So MLB con- commissioner, rather, Rob Manfred said that the league derives around 40% of its revenue from attendance and related income streams. That money is spread out over 81 home dates per team, about double the number of home games for the NHL and NBA franchises, respectively. Baseball draws more fans per game, 28,000 in 2019, as compared to pre-shutdown figures of 17,000 for the NHL and 17,000 for the NBA. So, you know, again, per... Fans per game, I get it. Baseball games are less expensive to attend on average than those of winter sports, which is true. Baseball tickets are extremely cheap, and I mean, they can got, be. You got so much, bro. You got to make it cheap. It's, there's nothing to really be like, Yo, right? With 115 you see games, them like every day, bro. Like, right? Come on, bro. Right? Because you because you have the, the series, right? So when you play a team, yeah. it's a series. So <clears throat> with all those games, no, I, I totally get it. But then again. They're saying that there's no doubt that a major part of its revenue comes from having butts in the seats, obviously, with the mm-hmm. MLB. You know, look, it it, it it goes into television revenue. It goes into different experiences, again, across the NBA and the NHL as it relates to both. I brought up the factor about the minor leagues, right? That system, the timing of the CBA and how it's about to expire in 2023. You know, MLB, I don't know if we need baseball that bad. You know what I mean? Now I'm take, in take a year off. I'm in the minority. I'm in the minority. Or or Gio, yo, just hmm. cut the season in half, G. Just cut the season in half. Like yeah, I, that's what I was saying, bro. Like reducing the games. Yeah, and I know, and I know that the if you were to let's say they start playing baseball right now, right? It'll probably fall into 
like when the NBA is going to get full swing or like whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you cut it in half and you start the playoffs a little earlier, if that's what you're going to do, I feel like it would be great for everybody involved, right? No, the players wouldn't get the money that they're going to regarding how many times that they're on the field, but maybe maybe try to bridge that gap with something else. So an opportunity could be, hey, with the money that you guys don't make, let's put it into a corona, you know what I'm saying, or a pandemic fund. Let's put it in. Yeah, bro, and th- that's what I'm saying. Like Social these, awareness, like, social justice fund, you know what I mean? Like yeah, use like, it for something else. These athletes, ath- sorry to cut you off, bro, but like these athletes and um, these celebs, like sacrifices got to be made, bro. If you got to lose some money for the greater good of something, like it's worth it. You know what I'm saying? It's not, yeah, life is always about money, but sometimes you got to put that aside and look for the greater good. If the MLB got to cut a few games, so be it. Let's not try to force something into where it doesn't, but you're going to try to fit all those games and probably into a limited amount of time because I could imagine if they say they want to start in two weeks, their season, if they start a season now, starting it fully, it probably overlap with the other season. You know right, right, so right. Just... Take a loss. Take a take a loss. It sounds like different, but take a loss. You're gonna come back. You're gonna make back even probably even more money because yeah, excited. Right, they're gonna miss it. They they miss it. We talk about this in terms of like what we do with like our media and our marketing, not only for the Catch This podcast, but in other things that we work on. So, Gio, you're a DJ. So, just imagine you 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 kill a show, right? Like you knock the show out. It's mad people. Thousands, thousands of people, they hitting you, social media, giving you reviews. Yo, Gio, it was fantastic. You do a show the next night, it's not as good. Then the next night, it's not as good. But if you take that one show and then let it sit for a couple sit, weeks. Sit, let it marinate. Yeah, you know, like you what could. What Gio can. up to when it's, ne- when it's next time he's going to appear, you know what I'm saying? Exactly, right? Build that anticipation. Right, you build... You build on that factor, especially with the MLB. Again, when when I talked about the nostalgia, right? So I dated a girl that her family, they love baseball. Like, love it. Love the Orioles. Real big opening day. They would drive from their portion of Maryland, going to go to Baltimore to see the O's, right? Like, they love the Orioles. That's something that's ingrained in them. Her kids' kids going to love the Orioles. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it'll it'll ring true. Imagine that nostalgia in all of these cities that, again, can't they can't go now. Just let it marinate. Just let it sit for another six months or so, right? That Those profits are going to be out of this world. You know what I mean? People are going to be ready to, especially if the pandemic continues. You know what I mean? People are going to be ready, even in their masks, to go sit in that hot sun. <laughs> you know what I mean? To go sit oh, in that yeah. hot then, sun then eating a hot dog. Even- inflate the prices a little bit oh my gosh that's man we yo 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 shout out to anybody that's listening to us man y'all gonna get some good ideas right now we we're giving y'all the game we're giving y'all the game maybe we you know we're gonna have to continue to copyright this geo because we're giving them a little (laughs) too much game but yeah and it it was what this article was nine factors ten factors bro labor and management relations public perception in baseball's unique place in our culture talking about nostalgia where they've been yo just Yo, just take a little time. I'm not I'm not saying we don't need it. We do. Cuz I'm thinking about even all of the other jobs in the front offices, in the stadiums as it relates to labor on a very real and public side. You know, bathrooms got to be clean, food got to be cooked, tickets got to be sold. So it's all of those things. There's so many jobs that are connected to it. And I I do think that with 30 million, 40 million people out of work, we do need these jobs back. I'm not saying that we don't, but just take a little time, man. Oh no, not at all. Yeah, yeah just take a. I'm, we're not saying that we are advocating for sports to never come back. We're, we're not saying but, any of that. No, so no, but the, the thing we're saying, bro, like they have enough somewhere where they can sustain it till it gets back. You can't tell me that if the MLB or even any sports league misses a, a season. That's going to be so detrimental to the point where they can never come back. I, as an outsider, can't see that. I agree. I wholeheartedly I, I can't see agree. That. 
I wholeheartedly agree. So MLB, just you know, just get we, it right. Just get it right. Give you guys the golf clap. Just, just get it right. We're, let we we will be there. We will be at Philly games, Phillies games. <laughs> yeah, with our hot dogs and nachos Shout and our cokes. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, Mets. you're from New York. Let me give Shout you a little air horn. New Yorker. I so I'm a Nationals fan. I so I said I gave up my Eagles fandom. I didn't give up my Nats fandom. So shout out to my champion Nationals. <laughs> shout out to the champs, yeah. So yeah, we'll be at Yankees games. I'll go. You know, I'll come with you, GL, to a Yankees game. You know, whatever. You know what I'm I'll be back and forth too. Yeah, you know I mean, and we, and then I'll take you to a Nats game. See, MLB, you hitting, you hitting the, the racial Look, we, demographic right here. And, and the thing is, bro, I don't even like baseball. And you I'll be mean? To go. You know what I mean? You hitting? Look at us. Look at the racial demographic you guys are reaching. Mm-hmm. Look at us. Look at how you guys are broadening the horizons. Like, come <laughs> on, man. Uh, but speaking of broadening horizons, um, that's a perfect literal. Perfect segue into something that I really, really, really wanted to talk about this week, Gio. So for all those who don't know, I do a lot of stuff with diversity and inclusion work. Uh, and in particular, specifically, that's what I wanted to say. I work with the esports, right? So everything esports. I love video games. That's my thing. I've been a fan since I was little. I remember my mom getting me a Sega Genesis when I was a young buck. Me hot to a beanstalk, you know what I mean? Uh, shout outs to the Sega Genesis, you know what I'm saying? And um, so with that being said, I've loved video games my entire life. And the NSE, I know you may not be familiar, Gio. I wasn't before I read this article when I got the alert. The National Students Esports League. So they are a league that was invented in Europe, uh, specifically in England. And they have a school, so they call it, um, I think, university. So schools in the universities that are around England and the UK, and I think even surrounding countries, have come together to make a esports league that is funded in their college education. In their college education, Geo, shout out to the NSE. That's progression right there. That's huge. That's huge. That's adapting huge. to the situations you're given. Mm-hmm. Dropping hints for everything in life. Especially <laughs> what's happening right now. Let's give let's give them applause for for adapting, right? For growth. You know what I mean? Adopt. <laughs> adopt and adapt. So I'm gonna read a little bit about the NSC real quick. So we established the NSC back in October 2017 to create best the best university esports experience for students in the UK. We believe that esports are a critical part of the university experience, social experience for future generations and endeavor to create a world where players that engage with university esports become more confident and successful as a result. So with that partnership that they have in the In the UK, so British universities and college sports. So that's the partnership that they made initially. They serve as the official body for university esports in the UK. Our job is just is not just to to provide great competition, but also to educate universities and society about the merits of esports. They have this whole big like strategy focus, uh, championships and events, society, skills and employment, digital community platform. It's a huge, huge, huge deal. It's a huge deal in the UK. They just made a deal with the Barclays. So I don't know if people are familiar with the Barclays, the Barclays Center in New York, the Barclays is is a huge, huge deal. Barclays further support for esports with NSE partnering for 2020-2021 academic year. The Barclays and the NSE are partnering for the upcoming academic year in addition to becoming the official sponsor, and official sponsor rather, I'm sorry, of the British University Esports Championships. Barclays and NSE will be delivering a number of initiatives for student esports enthusiasts to be announced at a later date. What we're looking at right now, going forward, I think that is going to open the door very critically for esports and college, man, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I really do think it's going to. How you feel about that? How you feel about, you know, our alma mater, uh, respectively, Temple University, you know, having a having an esports, you know what I'm saying, an esports team? That, How you feel that about would that? Be, let me even tell you about this. Like, there was an event that happened here at Temple that a lot of people don't know about. It's called MetroFest. So it's, That's right. That's right. Shout out to MetroFest. Let me get an air horn real quick. Shout out to MetroFest. And it's like it's an esports league, and I was there. I was working the event. I was on lighting that day because he even brought in YBN Almighty J. Shout out to YBN. He was there. He performed. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I'm just looking at it, and I'm like, 
I know people that's interested in all of this that's happening, right? Like, I play video games when I get the opportunity to. And I'm just looking like people are out here that can benefit from this. Like, such that event, a lot of people didn't know about it, so a lot of people didn't attend. If this, if Temple could, or schools in general, could come up with something like MetroFest or what um, Barclays is endorsing here and just give people that come to college something to do you don't have to be on sports team you don't necessarily have to join an org or anything like that but you can come to this location this setting or wherever it is and you can be a part of the esports world and i think that's something that colleges can definitely benefit off of if they do it right i completely agree i think that this is this is monumental for a lot of different reasons Mm -hmm. college Say what you want about college, whether it be in America, whether it be in Europe, I'm not in Europe, so I can't really speak to it. The college experience, I think, is one that is extremely, oof, extremely original, depending on the person. So the experience of college is going to vary depending on your identity, depending on what you mm-hmm. think, what you feel, where you come from. You video games are universal. Video game, everybody plays video games. I know some of y'all listeners are going to be like, I don't play video games. That's not what I mean. But you know, you at least know about, you know, you know about somebody, somebody, you know, Mm -hmm. plays video games. The climb, right? The growth of esports is astronomical. It is, it is growing at such an exponential rate that now that opens the door, I think, for more people to be exposed to how beneficial they can be on a on a societal level on a mental health level on a you know social level right you know how many people that i consider friends and i may never meet but i've played the game you know day yeah. in day out week in week week out month in month out with i always, i joke with one of my boys like on the on the game uh, maybe about a year ago, I said, bro, you know, when you settle down with your wife, man, I got to at least get a virtual invite, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> like all the times, <laughs> all the times you have to go back and forth with your girlfriend and all of that. And, you know, when they settle down, hopefully I can be a part of that. It's something that um, I take very seriously. My online gaming community, as crazy as that sounds, right? But what's the difference between having an online gaming community and a social media community? You may not have met a lot of those people that are on your Instagram or on your Twitter or on your Facebook or on your Snapchat or TikTok or whatever, but you are together in this medium that brings a lot of us in one space where we can laugh, where we can cry, where we can vent, where we can really be ourselves in the moment. Yo, that's video games. For better or worse, that is the online community of video games. Let me tell you, as sexist and as racist and as prejudice as that you know society right or society as that community can be at times at times it also does bring people together what it's no different than life really no different than life the online gaming community is a microcosm of life in that way and so you know i didn't want to spend too 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 much time on it but shout outs to the barclays because i think that some events are going to be held at the barclays center in new york and Mm -hmm. i'm gonna be there you know, I'm going to be there. So, you know, I want to get... Even, give, even that, give like, some of the teams, like, the Knicks... I think all NBA teams have, like, an esports league that represent them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, with the so, 2K community and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So, we see where they're utilizing that platform. And I think, like, once schools start utilizing that... Like, think about Temple versus Penn in an esports league or, like, LaSalle or, like, something like that. Cincinnati, something crazy. Who knows? Right. No, I agree. Like, I, th- I think There's that so many it's a possibilities. Huge you know, we, we gotta we gotta make sure that we could get Temple hopefully on board. I am mm-hmm. involved with trying to get that going. There are clubs on campus, but there aren't really a lot of like official things in the US yet. Uh, I'm working though. I'm really, really working. I'm working hard to get some of those things to come into fruition and to be a reality here in Philadelphia with the big esports venue that's being built right now with Comcast Spectacor uh, and the surrounding areas. And so, you know, shouts, shouts again. Let me give the applause and the air horn, man. Like, shouts, yeah, shouts, shouts to the Barclays, man. It was that's really dope. Now, at this point of the episode, we are winding down. We talk, I think we covered everything. Yeah, we covered everything. 
I wanted to get to how we secured the bag again. The boy Darius, man, how we secured the bag this week. How how'd you secure the bag this week, uh, Gia? Real quick. So for me, like I've been really into stocks lately. Like my secure the bag isn't really monetary. It's more like knowledge based. So like for the past few weeks, I've just been like taking my time reading up about investors, like their strategies, how they made money. Cause man, I'm trying to make money too, especially if I can make money while sleeping, bro. I'm not I'm not no forex trader. Nope. Don't ever <laughs> don't ever pin that on me. Talking about stocks, man. If you do forex, that's your thing. Shout out to you, but I'm not talking about, talking about heard, stocks. Heard. Facebook, Walmart, GE, let's go. But yeah, I've just been spending more time like in that, really trying to get a better understanding of it. Hopefully be successful off it one day. Who knows? Her, man. Her. her. How about you, how about you, bro? Let me give you I know you boss work, work again, because that's dope. That's dope. Yeah, I think with my securing the bag this week, I've been doing a lot of research. Also, you know, the pandemic has forced us in our homes. Uh, yeah. so mm-hmm. we can't really do much much outside. But I've been doing a lot of research on uh organizational development, on org behavior, um, how to make sure that organizations can really function to the best of their ability and produce mm-hmm. great leaders. Shouts to my mom. That's what my mom does for a living. But through more of a diversity aspect. And so I've really been doing a lot of research on how to make how to make orgs better, how to make orgs function to uh, the pinnacle of what they were built to be. So I would say my securing the bag would be that. And I would also say doing a lot of research on the other thing that I'm working on. Shameless plug. The Black Eyes Hike. You know, the B, mm-hmm. the BGH, man, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, really working hard on that, man. I want to give you guys some good content, not only through a podcast medium, but also a visual medium that touches on how exceptional black men think and what exceptional black men do. The growth, the, the sheer will of our commitment to things and what that means. That's why we do Tuesday's playbook on a light level. That's why we do Sundays for Men on a little heavier level. You know, I want to I want to create stuff, Gio, and I, I think that that's how I'm securing the bag. I think just learning how to create. So mm-hmm. you know, I'll give I'll give myself the applause of myself. As you should, for sure. So yes, sir. So I would say I would say that. But if you guys want to learn and hear more about how to secure the bag, done, done, done. Another shameless but amazing plug. <laughs> please, please, please go to Instagram. Um, every Tuesday, our boy D Hawk, D Blaze, Darius Hawkaday. You know what I mean? The Aaron and the Aaron and the Aaron um, <laughs> does a segment called Tuesday Talks. I think that's still what it's called. I, you know, people. Yeah. I'm not saying that he has switched it up. I know the last time that I saw it, it was Tuesday's talk. So he has his own company with his own LOC. Uh, and he talks everything business strategy wise. And I know he's doing an episode tomorrow as it relates to everything that is going on socially in the world right now with the pandemic, um, with the uh, movement among police brutality. He's going to have a lot, 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 lot to say tomorrow. So please, please go check him out. Tuesday's talks. That's with Darius Hockaday. Um, I believe the Instagram is Hockaday LLC on yes, Instagram. Yes, Hockaday mm-hmm. LLC. So let's give my boy Darius a round of applause. Young King. Young King, Tuesday Talks. Tuesday Talks. Gotta, gotta go see it, man. If you haven't, it's definitely worth worth the uh, half hour, an hour, whatever he's gonna give you, man. It's it's insight that will blow you away. He has wisdom beyond his years. So shouts to our boy Darius. And uh, now, the moment that people all have been waiting for. The song of the week. Song of the week. Oh, at this Where week. are we at this week? It's you know heavy still, lot of lot of stuff going on, man. Gio, where oh, we at? Man. What you listening to, baby? It's go- it's gonna be heavy for a minute until I don't know, but I'm I'm listening to All Out by Tupac right now. The Tupac? Oh yeah, different type time this week, man. Nah, the Tupac. You you really on some different time if you with the, yeah, with bro. the pop. I ain't gonna lie. So what now? You now what song? I'm sorry, I'm, I think I cut you off. Uh, it's, it's called All Out by All Tupac. Out by it's Tupac. from the Until the End of Time album. All right, all right. Yeah. What am I listening to right now? Hey, what, what, you, what you got R and B this week? Ooh. yeah. You know, let me let me give some <laughs> let me give some like let me give some better like 
positive yeah, vibes. Please do, because like, positive vibes, that's, what's, right? that's what's my mood, you know what I'm saying? Doesn't mean you got to follow it. But yeah, like the, the hardcore. That's what I'm listening to. <laughs> um, I would say, man, I'm just going through my own repeat right now, like what really is hitting me. You know, I would say right now, I would say I'm listening to a lot of um, Bryce Vine. He's a, I guess, I don't know if he's an R&B act or if he's a rapper. He does a little bit of both. That song, Baby Girl, featuring Jeremiah. That's what I'm listening to. It's a real upbeat, like a dance record. I throw it on whenever I'm cleaning or if I'm trying to work out. But yeah, it's a little, it's a little lighter for all those who want to hear something a little more light. Not to say that too. You listen, listen. I have my moments with the Tupac. Have my, I was like I said on Sundays for Men, like listening to a lot of most death, man, getting a lot of conscious rap going, especially with what's going on right now as it relates to black and brown people. Um, but you know, on a lighter level. I really, really, really like the Bryce Vine and Jeremiah record. So I would say that's my song of the week. Mm, so that's I, good. So in closing, you know what I mean? We had an hour. So in closing, man, um, how you feel? How you feel about this episode? We, Darius, we miss you. We miss yeah, you, bro. bro. It's not I mean, the same. We, we did it's our best, same. but your input is des- definitely necessary, bro. Always, 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 always. You keep, you keep us on track. You keep it going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we miss you, bro. We love you. We cannot wait to get you back. We cannot wait. Um, but yeah, I think we I think we did I, G. I think we did I. Man, let's give yeah. ourselves an applause. Man. I think we did I. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? We touched on what we needed to touch on. Brought awareness to what needs to be talked about. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Yo, Deshaun Jackson's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's the takeaway from this week. That's crazy. The takeaway wow. from Tuesday's playbook is Deshaun Jackson was wild. <laughs> but yeah, Appreciate the effort. Applaud the, I applaud the effort. No doubt. Yeah. But man, you tripping, bro. Nah, he's, he's wild. He's wild. He's fucking. <laughs> he's wild. All right, guys. We'll talk to you on Sunday with Sundays from here, man. Peace. Peace. Peace.